You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Brothers Turbo. And welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and uh, I'm actually on the road this week. So uh, Todd is not with me, but I am not alone again. Uh, as I'm out on the road, uh, this time I decided I wanted to bring someone else along since uh, I happen to be out this way. And I didn't want to leave our Super Mega Crash siblings without their weekly fix, so I decided to bring along our special guest. This person is very near and dear to my heart. For many reasons. I have literally known him all my life. I'd like to welcome my brother, Michael, to the Palace of Megapixels. How are you, Mikey? Hey, uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. So, it's interesting to be here. Well, yeah, I mean, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. A little project between us. I mean, just to see how this would go. I know you're kind of uh, dabbling in radio and podcast, right? Um, not podcast just yet, but I do have the radio experience and I've done that a lot. So I'm thinking about trying to get something like that going of my own. So I'm just kind of looking into that or like a YouTube channel with random, funny, weird things because, mm. you know, I do voices a bit. Voices? Yeah. It's fun. But, uh, yeah. So I'm, this is kind of fun to give me, you know, a, a peek behind the curtain to see how it goes on your end and how things work. So for sure. I'm, I'm interested. I think that was one of the uh, the key elements was just trying to have somebody on here who kind of understood it from a, another angle. And again, like you said, you did radio for a long time, uh, you know, from what I yeah, remember. Com- commercial radio for like four and a half years. And then when I was in college, whether it was at MTSU or Tennessee Tech, I was there for about a year at both for well, I, mean, I was there longer as far as taking classes, mm. but uh, working in radio about a year at each place independently. Mm. So yeah, I've got about six ish years with radio. Very cool. Mm. I think you, you should do uh, something like a podcast or whatever. I mean, granted, everybody's got a podcast. So, uh, you know, let me invite you on my show and tell you what you have to do. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks. Uh, no, now no, you no, can no, see just... where the brotherly relationship comes in. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think, you know, you, you've got the voice for it. You've got the uh, the attitude for it. So I think you could do something good with, well, a, with this, a podcast. Well, this is practice. So uh, this will maybe motivate me to get things going. Fair enough. But it's, it's good to be on this show. I mean, I've listened to several episodes. Unfortunately, I don't get to listen to it as much as I would like because, well, mostly because I, I'm forgetful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do listen to as much as I can, and I do enjoy it um, because... I am a gamer, but I don't get to keep up with the news in gaming as much as I used to. So I can pick this up and kind of pick up on things that I don't normally hear about. Not the big stuff. You know, the big stuff you always hear about. But those things that may slip under the radar, I get to catch that kind of stuff. Oh, well, I didn't know that. And you learn something. So I like that. And that that is one thing we like to try to do on the show is try try to hit, you know, the beats of anything that's worth mentioning. Because sometimes I can look at it and be like, should I talk about that? And then I'm like, nah. Because there was actually a story on this that I looked at. I'll even, I'll even bring it up since I'm not going to bring it up in regular news. It was like, Tony Hawk is not with Activision anymore. It's like, I don't care. 
I, I, I really Wait, don't. Is it is it 2001? Yeah. I mean, did, did I miss something? <laughs> Apparently, you know, I, I guess people were wondering if there was going to be a new game, and I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> so, I mean, those games for its time, I mean, for a PS2, it was kind of cool, but yeah. I mean, it's like, I didn't. Was he still making games? When's the last time a Tony Hawk game came out? I don't a skating know. Skating game. That that's where my mindset was. Like I don't even remember. Or are we just moving ahead? Is it like just Tony Hawk? You know, uh, in a wheelchair because of the the, <laughs> the stress that the skating right. has done to his bones and his joints. It's just like time to take my medication. Um, that's the new game. That's You'd actually out. be surprised. He's still <laughs> spry for his age. Oh, I'm sure he's he's probably much more agile than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't knock it. So, uh, outside of all that stuff, and I'm going to just segue into our usual segments, what have you been playing? Me? Mm-hmm. Well, um, what I've been playing recently is um, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, my girlfriend uh, got me a Switch for my birthday a few weeks ago, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks. If she's listening, thank you. Uh, but she got it as much for her as she did for me. So let me just make that point right quick because right. she loves Mario Kart. Uh, so I, she bought Mario Kart, so we play that together, which is pretty cool for us as a, as a couple. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some other friends of mine got me Legend of Zelda. So when she's not in town, because we don't live, uh, we live separately. She lives further away. Mm-hmm. And so when she's not in town, then I have a little time that I'll play that, have time after work. And that's been really fun just to kind of get into New Zelda. It's kind of like Zelda, but as an open world game, which I thought would be kind of intimidating. And it was at first, but I've gotten more and more used to it. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoy that. Uh, I've come become really obsessed with cooking things. <laughs> I collect everything I can get my hand on. I'm really bad about that. When I play any type of MMO, I'm a collector. I save yeah. everything. I can find a use for this. I'll find a use for it. So I'll save everything that I have, and I'm in there. I, I find a little pot, and I'm, I'll spend 30, 40 minutes just cooking things to see what <laughs> I can come up with. And it's just ridiculous. I know it is. And I come up with slot variations of the very same thing, but I have to find out maybe this one time. I'll find that secret that nobody else knows, and I'm going to be awesome. But, yeah, I really have enjoyed that game a lot. It, it, it has surprised me quite a bit. So It is definitely something I want to try. I'm kind of disappointed in myself because I've not missed a Zelda game yet, and this is that game I'm missing. And I know that a lot of people are having fun with it, too. So, uh... And I've done my best to stay. I'm not going to look anything up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go online and say, if I get stuck somewhere on a puzzle or a, a temple or something, no, I'm going to figure this out myself this time. I don't want to spoil it. I want to go through the experience one time where I I figure it all out myself. Mm-hmm. And that's been more rewarding, I think, because when you do finally figure it out, you're like, yes, I did it. And even if it may take me two days to figure yeah. it out, I still, you get that sense of that accomplishment. And, really cool. and with this game, it's, I mean, I know that it's open world, but they said it's open world in the sense you can do anything, anytime in the game, right? You like, can you're not do anything you to... want. Now, you're going to be punished for it if you go to the wrong place and you're not leveled or have enough gear for it. But you, I mean, I, I'm the kind of person, I want my map fleshed out. I like yeah. a good map. So I'm out there exploring to open up my map. And it's been challenging because I'll get my butt kicked quite a bit because i'm in places i shouldn't be but i'm going to do it as much as i can but it's been fun um but beyond legend of zelda breath of the wild um i got a ds a 3ds a few months back before mm-hmm. christmas and i was playing uh i got dragon quest 8 that used to be on okay. ps2 and they've slightly remastered it and redone it a little bit and i've been playing that again mm-hmm. so that's been fun nice but that's what 
what I do when I'm on the go or I'm at work and I'm on lunch break, I can pull that out and play that for a few minutes and then you know, go back to work. So cool. 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 Uh, I've been playing uh, monster hunter world still. Uh, I think I'm winding down from it because there's two more main elder dragons that need to be fought. And I just don't know. They're, they're intense fights and I don't know how much more I've got left in me for those fights because I fought one, the other day, and I, I can't remember its name. It's like the Teostra. It's like a gr- lava griffin. It was like sent me into the pits of hell in the bottom of a volcano. And I'm like, oh my God. And it was a very intense fight that I barely survived. And when I say barely survived, he ignited some sort of bomb in the air. And my health went from full to almost dead, like in a blink of an eye. Well, um, yeah, luckily, that's, that's, I got away from it. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm familiar with the concept of Monster Hunter games, mm-hmm. but like, is this a? I know you hunt monsters, as the name would imply. Sure. But do you get to go find gear, upgrade your gear, that kind of stuff? Is it is it more of just go out, kill things, and collect? The the way they do it is, I I think what draws me to the game a lot more because in in most typical games when you play, you know, these types. You go out, you fight monsters, you level up, you get stronger, and that's how the game works. Monster Hunter, you're a basic hunter, you've got your basic gear, but to essentially level up, you have to hunt monsters to collect the, you know, the material from them. You collect material from everything around you in the world, then you use that to craft better armor and better weapons, and then even better... Uh, equipment like charms and decorations that can help boost your stats. So in in a sense, it's kind of like Zelda in that way. I mean, because you don't really level up in the Legend no, of you, Zelda. You just collect better gear. You can get... Now, as far as leveling up concerned, you have your HR rank. But that's essentially, you've accomplished something in the game. Now you can get to do something harder. So it's like <laughs> prestige. Yes. So the higher you go, the more challenging it's going to become. Gotcha. You know? Okay. But that's what I love about it because you have to really lay out a strategy for how you're going to attack a monster. You know, you can't just say like, well, this is good. I'm what I'm wearing. This is what I'm going to go in and fight. No, you have to figure out what their attacks are going to be because some can just be basic, you know, slap you around. There's nothing to it. They're just, they, they, you know, attack. Some have fire, some have electricity, some have water. And then you have to make sure that your armor can withstand that. Because if you have uh, an armor set with like zero fire tolerance or even below fire tolerance, if you get hit, you're done. I mean, it's going to set you on fire. But if you have something that's can tolerate it or even way above stats, if they, if they actually hit you with it, you're not going to be burned. So those are things to just ta- to take into consideration when you're doing that. And then even with your weapons, they all have kind of elemental and ailment uh, damage that you can do. And then you can uh, apply that trying to figure out based on the research you get from your monsters. Because each time you kill them, you can uh, you have like a hunter notebook. And you can it has the notes shot down for you. So it tells you where the best place to hit them is, where it's breakable. If they have a severable limb, like a tail... And what they're weak against. So, so like a codex, basically. Yeah. And it's... it's Every time that I go out to actually uh, fight a monster, 
I don't just rush into it. You know, if, if Katrina and I are playing and she's like, Hey, we're going to go fight, uh, a Rathian. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to my box. I make sure that I've got all my fire defense. I make sure that my regular defense is good. Do I have the right weapon for it? Okay. That's good. And, and it's, it's almost like a, uh, a planning session just to, just to be sure that I'm ready to fight one monster. And I think that's a, actually a good thing, you know, that you're not just like, well, I'm level 100. I'm gonna, just going to go in here and fight this guy. Yeah. You know, there's planning involved for a hunt. And that's what it should be if it's monster hunter, you know. True. And, so. and you mentioned that Katrina helps you with this, too. Oh, yeah. She's like the biggest monster hunter fan ever. So, so, so I'm guessing you all sit down for sessions on a regular basis and go hunt things together. Oh yes. <laughs> What's that? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, before this came out on the console, it was. Uh, she had the, the version on the 3ds. There was a Monster Hunter 3. I think came out on the 3ds and the Monster Hunter 4 on the 3ds. And I, you know, the first time I ever played it was on console. So when they went handheld, I was like, I don't want to go to handheld. You know, like on the TV. Yeah. But I did play four with her on the 3ds. And, you know, we could connect on there and hunt together. But this, you know, you actually get two consoles hooked up together and you just play online together. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Awesome. You know, so we get to sit down and play just any time we find the, the need to. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that way you can you, you can play by yourself if you want, but you can, you know, get her to tag along for the tougher things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or it's she a, can get you to tag along for the tougher oh, things, yeah. depending on what you're hunting. I mean, it's good to have a hunting partner just to... To get some of those uh, more difficult, you know, things down. But but on the to be fair, when you actually get a hunting partner, the difficulty does increase slightly. Oh, see, so it doesn't. <laughs> it sort of helps, but it kind of doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there are times because you can. I mean, you have these little palico buddies that will kind of assist you if you have just two people. So when we're playing together, we've got them set up in such a way that they're always buffing us, always healing us. So it's almost like we've kind of got this dance going properly where the two of us are going to take care of the monster. The Palicos are going to take care of us and we can, you know, hit it from that direction. You built a strategy, which is good. So awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Outside of that, uh, I played a little of Shadow of the Colossus, which I wanted to get into. But uh, again, just I think I only went through two Colossi and I don't recall it being... I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound bad, but it almost kind of seemed easy, like really, really easy. Yeah. And I, I remember kind of struggling to do those at first, but I was like, I kind of went up there and just took this colossi down in like a split second, and okay. And I even I, I didn't set it on the the easy difficulty or anything like that. So I I don't know what it was like I, I hope they didn't tone the difficulty down maybe it's just that they have refined the control scheme or maybe you know from the ps2 to the ps4 mm-hmm. because i mean getting to the colossi was the hardest part it always seemed like i mean once you figured out after the first one that you can climb up there and do what you got to do it wasn't too bad it was just mm-hmm. getting to it it was hard but i mean figuring out how to stay gripped on or how holding yeah. on but while it's jerking around can be difficult. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I haven't played the the remaster yet. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. I'll say that. Uh, and it does. The controls feel familiar, mm-hmm. but they do feel a little bit more refined. So I'm not quite sure what they've done, but maybe at least to, to tweak it a little bit. I had to figure it all out because I didn't know what button was what, and I'd forgotten how to swap the the sword and the 
bow and arrow and stuff like that. A lot of things I just I'd forgotten. I was like, okay, this is all coming back to me. So I just actually need to sit down and play it on a whole. Do you still get to call it aggro? Yeah, that aggro, aggro, aggro. That just used to crack me. But I just run around the field doing that. Agro. I don't know. I was weird. <laughs> Why did I beat the game? Because you're running around the field calling the horse. Stop. That's it. right. Okay. I always like to shout for him after the colossi goes down, like I'm running to him and he's running toward me. He's like, aggro. And then you get hit with the black stuff. He's like, no. Every All time. very dramatic. Every time. Uh, another game that I actually got to play this week and I actually played with Katrina. Um, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. It's called Human Fall Flat. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't heard of that. It's a, I think it's a, I guess you'd call it a physics-based game. And... It's kind of simplistic in its design, but you're like this little person. You know, you can kind of dress them up and stuff like that. It's not very detailed kind of stuff, but they kind of waddle around and you have to solve puzzles around the elements they give you to try and advance to the next level. So it's pulling things, pushing things, breaking things. And (laughs) obviously... I'd seen some footage beforehand, so I thought I'd mess around with it. And you actually uh, press buttons to grab stuff, and then you pull. So it's like your hands are uh, controlled by the direction of the camera. Like if you look up, your arms go up if you're pressing the buttons. And then they'll hold down and then press the button. You're you're kind of grabbing down. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of based on camera angles, physics, and... It's. I know I'm probably not <laughs> describing it properly, but uh, I grabbed her hand <laughs> and yanked her off a cliff <laughs> just because I could, you know. I mean, why not if you can do it and there are no consequences? Yeah, you know? <laughs> because you, you fall right back down. So it became a, a running gag where we just kind of get to a point and it's like, I'm going to drag you off this cliff and we just can't sit there and fight. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean it was a it was an interesting little game. We didn't get, I don't know how far we got into it to be honest with you. I know we played it for a good while, but uh, it's kind of fun. I would like to go back to it and play it some more. It's a it's a simple game that's just fun to play. You know, there's nothing about it out of the. Don't have to think about it too much. It's just hey, this is what the world is. This is what you do. Go have some fun. Figure it out for yourself. So I really liked it. All right, well, I'm going to move us into our news. Uh, any thoughts you got on these uh, uh, topics? You just you chime in. Anything you want to you want to say, all right? Gotcha. This is not this NPR. This is just kind of a free-form format. I, I got gotcha. you. Right, right, right. Okay. Now. Or maybe uh, it's more like uh, Fox News. I don't know. We just yell at each other until we figure this out, well, or we, we don't we, even we figure anything. We haven't really had any yelling matches yet, but, okay. Uh, okay. you know, there's a first time for everything. You never know. <laughs> well, we are brothers, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, the first topic I have is uh, we've actually spoken about the school shooting in Parkland, Florida uh, before on the show and that uh, video games are actually becoming a topic or a target for the uh, argument again. So, you know, obviously the government has something to blame other than the actual problem. Uh, President Trump was one of the uh, people on this bandwagon and even announced this week that he was going to meet with some video game executives to discuss the subject. He What's said funny? that, but... Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to jump in ahead of you here, but he didn't tell anybody from the video yeah, exactly. game industry that they were going to meet. Exactly. And that's that was the uh, however to it, is that the ESA, which is the lobbyist group that represents these uh, companies, they don't know anything. They're like, we've not been invited to anything, so 
How can we have a summit if we weren't even told there was a summit? Well, I think in in most cases it's him jumping the gun on everything. Uh, he hears something and he's like, "Well, this is this is what we're gonna do." And it's like, "All right, well, let's get to it." And nobody knows anything about it. Well, like, it's just a you know, hey, let me talk about it and say I'm taking action, but he's not really taking action. So yeah. it's it, sure it sounds good. Oh, he's doing something nice, but when you scratch the surface and dig a little deeper, nothing's really happening. Yeah, it's just it's just words. No, that's what, unfortunate. What are your thoughts on? Uh, where I've talked to everybody else about this before. What are your thoughts on this using video games as a a target? I find it difficult to believe that video games is a sole source of violence in this country. Um, I think it's a... A lot of times, it's used as a good outlet for people to get their aggression out and to help them channel some of that energy. Now, at the same time... I have been on the other side of it where I've like had marathon gaming sessions that have gone on for multiple hours. Like Back when I was playing Final Fantasy Online, and this has been years and years ago, uh, we would be on there for five, eight, nine hours doing ma- these marathon leveling sessions. And after a while, you do get irritated and you kind of get a little keyed up, so you have to be careful how that affects you. Uh, and you have to know that about yourself to know when to take breaks and to you know wind back down. Mm. But I don't think that video games in and of themselves cause violence. I think they can help us identify people who have violent tendencies. And if we are monitoring that, I'm, and I say, you don't say just parents, but if your friends, you see your friend and they get really super excited about taking this gun and killing this guy. And it just, it doesn't seem like it's normal though how right. excited they get into this. That should be a red flag. And we should be aware of that kind of stuff. Just like if you saw somebody watching violent movies on TV and they get really keyed up and they want to go out in the yard and practice on the family dog or something. Mm. Again, that should be a red flag. But I don't think you can blame an entire industry or an entire group like video game industry for violence in schools. I just don't sure. think you can do that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really hoping that this will kind of go away like it has in the past because even when I think uh, something we kind of mentioned before where loot boxes are getting legislation where they're trying to get that passed. I even posed the question, if this passes, what else is it, you know, what else are video games going to be a target for? Because if they can get one law passed to correct something in video games, I feel like it's going to be open season. Right. And, and it and takes away that act of the, the freedom and you know, the video games, can have that sense of openness mm-hmm. and it opens it up to censorship and that can be very dangerous. Yeah. I, mean, I, I kind of feel like they've even, even when they monitor themselves because they even know that such a rating, like an uh, adults only rating is almost poison to their game. So a lot of developers don't do that and much in the same way that Hollywood knows that NC 17 is not going to be, you know, something for their movies. So they're like, well, let's not do that. Right. You know, so they're they're aware of it, and they're even monitoring themselves with the ESRB. So, but they still have that freedom, you know. They know how far they can go. And you, these ratings are there, and I think some people believe that just having these ratings makes it better. Okay, so we have the ratings, so we know not to do it. But think about it: when we were kids, you know, we weren't supposed to watch R-rated movies, but we did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not like it was like. And I don't say that our parents didn't keep us from it or try to shield us as much as they could, but you go to your friends' houses and they would do it or something Mm -hmm. like that. There's going to be access to this stuff. Then you get the argument, well, then maybe we shouldn't have this stuff at all. And then then you get in that 
weird territory about, you know, freedom in a society, which is and isn't allowed. I mean, we all have to show some sense of personal responsibility at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether you're a parent, you're a teacher, you're a friend, you're somebody just in the community, and you see these kind of things, speak up and say something. I mean, it doesn't mean you're accusing somebody, but, you know, alert somebody to something that you saw if you think that that's causing violent behavior or somebody's acting out so we can try to dig into what's going on because a lot of this if you talk about this gentleman what was his name um cruz was his last name i forget his first name off the top of my head now it's from parkland yeah um you know there were signs all around and people just kind of dismissed it Mm -hmm. like uh he had a very troubled upbringing his father wasn't involved in the picture i think he left and then his mother died yeah. of cancer when he was relatively young, and he didn't have anybody else in his life, really. And, you know, he was struggling, but there was, you know, people saw signs, but did he get any help? Did anybody offer right. to help or assist or be there for him? And, you know, so there's a lot of it that you can't just say, okay, well, it's video games. Uh, mm-hmm. Really? I mean, there's a lot of this other stuff that's on the wall here that we need to look at. It's a it's a bigger picture. Yeah, and... It- there, there's conversations that need to be had, and and when I say conversations, I don't mean someone just states a fact. I mean conversations, like we're having. You know, I th- I think the world at large has forgotten how to do that, and it's I don't know. It's sad to me that we can't just have conversations about things. We've we've gotten to a point where we just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's not that we want to hear somebody else. No, somebody listen to me. I've got something to say, and it's important. And that's true, but we have to be willing to listen to one another and have a back and forth. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we change. And that's how we get better. Mm-hmm. And I think we have gotten, for whatever reason, we just have forgotten to listen to one another, respect each other. Mm-hmm. I say listen to each other is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to move on to the next topic. Uh, if you haven't heard by now, people, TwitchCon 2018 has been announced. It's taking place in San Jose uh, McHenry Convention Center on uh, October 26th, running through the 28th. Tickets are not on sale just yet, but with uh, location details in place, this gives people plenty of time to plan. Uh, there's any more information you need, despite how sparse it is at the moment, you can go to twitchcon.com. And uh, while we're on the subject of Twitch, there was an issue that occurred on Tuesday where streamers and fans noticed a removal of subscriptions. Twitch was quick to turn it around and restore missing, missing, I said missing, 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 that's the word I meant to say. I thought you were going for mission control. Mission I didn't know what new. was going on. Restore missing subscriptions to fans and offer them a free sub month of their choosing. Uh, despite this, there were still reports of viewers and streamers missing subscriptions. Uh, Twitch is looking into this uh, as we're still reporting this. Uh, at least they responded immediately to the problem and didn't sit on their hands like you know YouTube is known to do. And and that's important. I mean, your response and how you deal with it, even if it's bad, you know, own it. Mm-hmm. Own up to it and say, hey, this is what we know and this is what we're going to do about it. Come mm-hmm. up with something. Have a plan. I mean, because if you don't respond to your fans, it, it shows a lack of respect. Yeah. I, I feel like that the company as a whole have been pretty good. You know, from what I've seen, I've only been really involved with Twitch for the last year. Mm-hmm. And just how they come across to their base. It's like they're trying to, to take care of them the best way they know how. And it almost seems like they took a few jabs at YouTube this year because they've been dropping the ball like crazy. So I, I kind of, again, you know, I don't want them to, to be like, ah, we're going to take all of YouTube's people, but... 
they're they're trying to make sure or ensure that their people are taken care of. So, you know, if you've got a YouTube channel or you've got a Twitch channel, I think they're almost trying to be like, why don't you just stay over here? I mean, I understand what you're doing over here, but you can come do this over here too. True. So. Um, I know I was reading about, when I was reading about that article that um, about the TwitchCon and everything, that there was some, uh, something had come up in a similar article about it about the um, people at Twitch trying to institute some sort of like a dress code while recording. Not like, it was kind of vague at first, like we need to make sure that it is, we are wearing appropriate attire when we record. And it was kind of vague and people kind of came okay. up about it. And then they clarified like, you know, whatever you're recording, it should be appropriate to what you were recording for. So mm. if I am doing something about skiing, I should have proper skiing attire on to like represent that. Or mm. if I'm doing something about swimming, I should be comfortable wearing a bathing suit or whatever to do that as well so they they were just trying to cut down on uh probably sexually suggestive inappropriate content especially probably for um live streaming for gamers i Mm. think so that because there was some bashing of some people the way they were dressing women mostly Mm. um when it came to their streams and i'm like why can't people just leave the other people alone and you know so but i do understand that it's a streaming service and you want to make sure that it is appropriate for all ages Mm. But you, you do need to have some sense of self-expression, I think, too. And I think they responded that they realized that their their statement at first was kind of unclear. Mm. And they came back fairly quickly and clarified it pretty good. So that was good. Again, goes back to Twitch, you know, owning it, understanding that we weren't clear about it. And, hey, this is what we really meant. Sure. So they didn't let it sit and marinate too long. No. And I do know that there are some uh, additional steps that some streamers can take. I know you can... Uh, say that you're a mature stream and stuff mm-hmm. like that but i don't know if i don't think it's there's a, a deterrent for younger kids to even get in there it's almost like hey this is a, an adult only you know 18 and up type chat type stream so just be aware i guess so if people got offended and you're like oh i can't believe you're talking like that but i feel like if you create an account and you set your age i don't know it should be locked in but, but I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a lot to that that could backfire or just be a hassle. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if you're <clears throat> 14, 15, 16, you're just going to lie and say you're 18 or 19. That's true. Yeah. I mean, th- uh, not to excuse it, but people find a way around it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as long as you're doing your best, you're upfront about it. Hey, this is what we're doing. Just so you know, I mean, you can't really hold other people responsible for their reactions. So. Yeah. All right, uh, next story is uh, last week uh, Microsoft announced a list of games coming to their Game Pass service for March. If you're unfamiliar with the service, it's like Netflix service for Xbox games. Uh, about $10 a month will nab you uh, all the games you want and more. So well, basically it's PlayStation Now. Uh, yeah, so but... But they don't really stream. They allow you to download the game and you keep keep it. And then you have to make sure that you log in to that account every 30 days in order to keep that game or else it will automatically delete. So that way it prevents you from having to go through the whole streaming aspect mm-hmm. of it, which living here in the Chattanooga area, we have the fastest internet in the world. That's not a problem. <laughs> but if you live somewhere where your internet service was not that great, this wouldn't be too bad once you actually were able to download the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's an interesting concept. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've talked about it before. Just the idea of it does sound promising it's Mm -hmm. just whether the execution is right for everybody 
now, if you're already signed up for this service in March, you're going to have access to games like Euro Fishing, uh, okay, Sonic CD, sure, The Final Station. Don't know what that one is. Oxen Free. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Revelations Two. I played the first one. Wouldn't mind playing this one, but I'm not dying to play it either. Right. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. That was pretty fun. Decent game. That's the sequel, right? Yes. Yeah, of the new reboot. Mm-hmm. And the highly anticipated, and I would like to play this, Sea of Thieves, which releases on March 20th. So not an outstanding roster of um, games, but mm-hmm. you know, interesting choices. I think it covers all ages and all types of gamers there. But, For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would like to play Sea of Thieves. And like we mentioned before when, when they were talking about their big move with this, this is a brand new game. And I guess I want your opinion on that. This is a brand new game. Never been released. But if you're part of this, 10 bucks a month, you have access to a brand new game that everybody else is going to be paying 60 bucks to play. So do you think this is a viable thing to keep these games going that they'll never have to worry? Because I feel like you're, you're taking away from the game. Granted, I don't know the numbers of it all, but... You're talking about here's sixty dollars to purchase this game outright. Yeah. Or I come over here for the streaming service and ten bucks and I can get it there. So there's a fifty dollar gap. You know. So is this is this game gonna make its money back that way or am I missing something? You I think I mean? you look at it a couple different ways. Uh you could worry about the fact that you're not getting the full price of the game up front. But for a lot of us, we'd like to try the game out first before we buy it. And maybe we spend $60 on a game. How many of us have spent $50, $60 on a game and then realize this is crap or mm-hmm. this is not what I expected or this is not what I want? And you're disappointed and you never pick it up again. And you go trade it back in and you get less than half of what you paid for for it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you can have a lot of people come to the game, pay 10 bucks, and I'm sure Rare will get a piece of whatever that is, and... They can try it, decide if they like it, and then they can decide to purchase it. And that's what this the service, the Xbox Pass, will let you. They can actually purchase the game to keep versus mm-hmm. having to stream it and like log in every so often to keep it on their system. Sure. And it saves all their save data. So even if they take the game down, they can come back at that point and pick the game back up if they buy it later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a good thing, to, especially, I mean, your AAA titles, you're not going to see in this, I don't think. I, not until they're well past their initial releases but games like this the sea of thieves which i looked into has an interesting concept but would i pay 60 dollars to try it out i'm not sure mm-hmm. i mean it might not that it doesn't look cool it's just i don't know if i'm ready to invest that in something that i don't really know that much about right. 10 bucks though yeah i'll try it out and see if i like it and then maybe i'll spend that money to go ahead and purchase the game fair enough good argument i like that yeah it's a good way to look at it all right, next story is uh, we learned last week that Discord had been cracking down on verified servers on their platform that were promoting hate speech and violence. Numerous servers such as the alt-right server, Iron March, and the Nordic Resistance Movement were taken down for violating terms of service and community guidelines. Discord issued a statement saying we are unequivocally con- or condemning or we unequivocally condemn white supremacy, neo-Nazism, and other groups term ideology that is based on this belief. They are not welcome on Discord. Despite this massive purge seen recently, Discord is treating each case very carefully to ensure there is adequate proof to substantiate all claims before removal. 
Good. As long as there's pushback, people continue to fight, maybe this crap will end. I didn't even know this thing actually was... I shouldn't be surprised about but what that there were these type of servers. I But I didn't know they were there. It's not like Discord is something you can just wade through and be like, I wonder what's over here. You have to be invited to the server. Right. So, but again, this, it does not surprise me that there were crap like that well, on there. I'd be afraid to know what other things are probably out there that not necessarily with Discord, but with other groups. Yeah. Their little corners of the world. So, mm-hmm. so they're just finding other ways to seep in and taint other things. So. And I think it's important that they, that we fight this kind of hate speech. Mm-hmm. But it, it, part of me is like, is it gets into that weird area of like, if we start limiting this group and we all can agree, yeah, we don't like this group. Well, how far do do people take it as yeah. far as limiting your speech? I don't think Discord is going to be taking it to any kind of an extreme or anything like that. But it does get into that weird area of like, where does the freedom of speech come into play? Yeah, like I say, I don't agree with it. I think it's terrible that people mm-hmm. get on here and talk like this and espouse these kinds of beliefs. But yeah, it it, it gets kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I agree that it's it, they need to limit this kind of stuff and keep that kind of hate speech from spreading. If we disperse these groups, it makes it harder for people to organize. But I mean, in all fairness, uh, I mean, I get what you're saying, but if they have terms of service that kind of you know that they oh, yeah, can absolutely. fall under those guidelines that they're violating they have every right so yeah there is no free speech there <laughs> oh absolutely not i mean they know what they're getting into they mm-hmm. they signed up for that that's they should be aware of that kind of thing so right all right uh next story is that uh neil Druckmann from naughty dog sat down for an interview during the dice summit two weeks ago and he spoke about two previously announced films that naughty dog had been working on The first, which has actually gained the most traction, is the upcoming Uncharted film, which will be starring Tom Holland, whom everybody probably knows now as Spider-Man. The film will be directed by Sean Levy, who directed the Night at the Museum films and The Pink Panther, among other things. I think he was actually executive producer on Stranger Stranger Things. Things. Yep. Uh, The second film will be based around The Last of Us, uh, actually has Sam Raimi, who's best known for the Evil Dead franchise and the original Spider-Man trilogy attached to produce. When speaking about both projects, uh, Druckmann mentioned that the process behind getting these uh, films moving and getting them off the ground uh, was a little tricky. But one specific statement he said, or he made, actually stuck with me and explains why it seems to be taking longer than you would expect. He mentions how Hollywood seems to be uh, knocking on their door now more than ever, and the prospect of seeing their characters on screen is a delightful thought. I mean, there are tons of my own little creations I'd love to see on <laughs> the big screen. True. So I get it. Uh, however, as time has passed, he realizes he doesn't want to see a story on screen adapted from the stories they've already told because they've kind of already told the best version of it. Because of that mindset, Uncharted is focusing on the early years of Nathan Drake, almost like an origin story in the vein of Indiana Jones, which sounds like that should be right. And that was pretty interesting, I thought. And when I was reading an article about that, I read a couple. It was actually, I think, Tom Holland's idea that they do that. That's He's the one that idea. brought that to their attention. They're like, huh, that's something we didn't think of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. It's, it's always, I mean, the games have always had that Indiana Jones vibe. Like, I felt like if they ever did... Uncharted as a movie. It needs to be an Indiana Jones movie, but a more modern Indiana Jones movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just tap into whatever That kind of makes... sense of humor, that kind of mm-hmm. vibe, and then, like, you take it from there. It's more of a modern sense. Yeah, exactly. So... But I think a, a, a young version of it, 
to kind of allude to things to come or like you make references to things that maybe were in the games that, you know, were something they referenced about happening years before, then you can kind of like flesh that kind of stuff out. That'd yeah. be kind of cool to do, I think. I'm, I'm actually, uh, since they've got Tom Holland, are you familiar with Uncharted? Like the, the I mean, I've, I've not played it myself, but I've watched people play the game. Okay. I, I'm familiar with the games. Who could play Sully? That's actually, a, I've been oh, racking wait, my brain on that. Oh, wait, he had an idea for that in the article that I read. Oh, crap, I wish I had it with me. But um, And I thought who he had was really good. I'd have to pull that article back uh, up. But um, oh, I don't know. Right I, can't, <laughs> I can't. I should have made There's notes. somebody out there. I know there's somebody out there, but it's like I, my brain can't find them. You know, because he's just got a certain charisma about him. Yeah. You know, where he's smooth, he's suave, but he's also kind of a, a hard ass on on Nathan. I don't know. That's a that's a. Mm. I have to think on that one because I'll be honest with you. I was a little apprehensive about uh, Tom Holland. I don't have any problems with him, but he wasn't my Nathan Drake choice. I was like. Eh. But I'm open to the idea. Who, least, yeah, I was about to say, who else in young Hollywood right now would you choose? I don't if you're know. Going for that younger origin type story. Um, now, like, yeah, I mean, if going for an origin story, that's where I was kind of a little bit more lenient on it. Because I think at one time somebody suggested, uh, what's his name? Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, I think that he'd be more current Nathan Drake. Yeah, and I, I mean, when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, if you're doing regular Nathan Drake, he's got the the attitude, he's got that smart ass absolutely. attitude to him, so it would work. Yeah, but no, if you're if you're doing young, I mean, maybe he could play Sully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there you go. <clears throat> Very true. Now, another uh, film project that we mentioned was the uh, The Last of Us. He uh, Druckmann said that he actually worked on the adaptation to that. But he actually put the brakes on it in hopes of developing a more original story within the one he created. Because in his head, he said, I don't want to tell that story again. And I'll be honest with you, when when they mentioned it, that was my initial assumption. I was like, all right, well, you've got to, you've got to, you know, get this actor and you got to get this actor. And you're going to tell the story just like that. But I get where, what he's saying here. You know, you you really have. You've told that best version of that story. I don't know how you could tell that story any better. There's no, re- no, no reason to. You've yeah. done it. The game was basically a movie, in a sense. You just got to interact with it. Yeah. And there's no sense in telling that very same story again. Because no matter what you do, it's not going to live up to it. It's, if people have an emotional attachment to that game, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be it. You're going to have to do something different. What is going to be the hard part? You right. can't do an origin, really, because that's going to be pre, uh, well, not really, I don't want to say a virus, but pre the event. And you can't really do, I mean, you can do, I guess you could do that time before he met Ellie when he was with, uh, like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game where he's trafficking and Because it was a good, and, what, 20 years? Yeah, it was thing? a 20-year gap. Which yeah. one where, so you've got plenty of So there's that, right but I mean, is that going to be really interesting enough to find out more about? If they apply it right, I, I could see. I mean, the the formation of the fireflies and stuff like that could be could be interesting. It could be know. interesting. I just it's it's tough to try to find how that's going to work. And then, I mean, if even if you do t- kind of make it take place in there, then you're having assume you follow Joel, but then you are going to have to omit Ellie because she's not going to be of age. True, barely. And there, there can be no, you know, interaction between those two characters because they didn't meet. 
unless you can find a way to be in that world but be in come at it from the perspective of somebody else Mm -hmm. and that you're just kind of interacting maybe with these people but you it's you like this is a character maybe that's already in the world that we don't really know much about or maybe a different a new character that they have that can kind of like be in that world but come at it from a different perspective Mm -hmm. i don't know that again it's a tough that one i think it'd be better just to let that one go i don't i just don't see i think they're just playing with fire trying that i agree with you it's understanding that mindset now it's just like just yeah yeah. Alright, uh, next story I've got is that the uh, classic Square Enix Chrono Trigger was launched on Steam last week, and while I was initially excited about this prospect, it seemed other people were who were a bit more eager than I left with uh, a bad taste in their mouths. The game was released as a limited edition only, available until April 2nd, and was promising a slew of bonuses, uh, such as like... PC wallpapers, digital liner notes, and they specially remixed tracks of the game. Now, while all of this sounds tempting, it seems that the version was actually a port of the mobile version, which was actually already a port of the original game. So if you're looking for the best version of this masterpiece, you'd probably be better off hunting down an original Super NES copy. That's uh, that's disappointing. That was like a cash grab if I ever saw one. Well, maybe, but I mean... The game as it was and is, they've really not had to tweak it. I mean, it, it is one of my favorite games of mm-hmm. all time. It's practically perfect. Most people, I say most people, a lot of people agree with that. Um, a cash grab, maybe, but I mean, I look at the remake for Secret of Mana that's coming up this month, and I see all the changes they've made there. I'm not as excited about that as I would be if it was just the original with minor tweaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do I need to have all these characters voice now with everything? And, I mean, fleshing out backstory is kind of cool, but is it worth it? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think with, with Chrono Trigger, there's so many people who have a very strong attachment to that game. You make a lot of changes to that, people are going to get mad. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's going to really ruffle a lot of feathers but i mean i think it's pretty cool that they would bring it out to steam but just for a limited time yeah eh, i don't know i still have my old copy on a modded xbox that i can play so <laughs> i guess it doesn't bother me so much i would i would like to have i don't know i guess i wouldn't i'm not saying really a remake per se like in the vein of secret of mana but i don't know if they could do something maybe a, a little polished hd you know, you can keep it just the same way. Just maybe, I don't know. I'm just, I'm rambling. I've got a copy, I think, on a DS. So, I've got a copy. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games that is, it could use a little visual touch-up, but I think it would just, you'd want to do like a, a, a polish to it, not like yeah. a, a revamp or change the art style or anything like that. Because, in, in all fairness, a lot of the art style, like the backgrounds and stuff, kind of good as they were oh they were you know, if you gorgeous could, and you know i guess uh tweak them just a, a little bit just to make them even better smooth them out a little yeah. bit and then uh if you ever played the playstation release of it you had the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. uh the anime cutscenes were really cool yeah so i mean that that kind of stuff if you want to edit more of that i'm all for it but mm-hmm. uh, as far as the game in and of itself i think it's pretty solid the way it is i agree so, yeah so but uh, if you, I guess what we're saying here is, if you've never played this game, play it. You well, know, here, do okay, yourself. Well, then a favor. here's my question: Who's your favorite character? Uh, 
That's a tough one. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Because I think I was always a little fond of... Uh, I say this. <laughs> now, are you talking about just favorite character as in general? Favorite character of the main cast of Chrono Trigger. People that you recruit. <laughs> now, whether it's Chrono or Marley or Luca or Robo or Frog or Magnus or Isla. That's everybody. Because who, as far I know as who the, you used to like when you were a kid. So I want to see if you still like the same character. I mean, the frog. <laughs> which is who you liked Glenn. as a kid, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, he, it was always a toss-up between him and Magus, or Magnus, because I Damn loved Magnus. Magnus's uh, skill sets and abilities, but I'd always lean toward Frog. Yeah. Frog with his... Uh, his noble speech, doth thou think I am here? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was very, you know, honorable kind of a guy. Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. Yeah, that's I'd always name. change his name to Glenn because Frog was just... <laughs> After I found that out the first time, he was always Glenn from then on out yeah. for me. So it's I like... always change it. Frog. Frog? That's like going, hey, cat, yeah. what are you doing here? And then it was, the, the story would just kind of be weird from that point on when he learned his name. <laughs> so it's like, Glenn? I am Glenn. <laughs> Good. Kind of just takes the takes the whole fun yeah, out of everything. But it, so frog, come on, you can call him anything else but frog. He, well, he's trying to hide who he is. I get but what they frog. did, but th- not a lot of uh, imagination in the yeah. uh, secret identity department. So and called him Groff. <laughs> <laughs> At least that would have been something different. At least they didn't call him Ribbit. That could have been weird. Hold up. So Ribbit, will you like to attack? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, next story I've got is. Um, I'm a fan of Suda 51. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Suda 51. Suda? Suda 51. That's his uh, moniker no, in the gaming world. Not not familiar with that, uh, okay. that pseudonym. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've said many times on the show that I, I kind of love his, his work. What I'm is his work? I'm a huge fan of No More Heroes. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite game franchises. And I say franchises like two games, but still. I love No More Heroes. Uh that and its sequel are my favorite games. He's got a game uh, recently that came out called Let It Die. It didn't quite resonate with me. Uh, I guess the the play style was just a little strange for me. But I, I would kind of go back and maybe mess around with it if I could. And what's coming out here soon may actually get me a little bit more motivated to actually give it a go again. Uh, the game is actually getting some new content this spring based around one of his first games, Killer7. Killer7 was actually released on the PlayStation 2 and GameCube to very mixed reviews, but has become somewhat of a cult classic. This is a game that I might cover in a retro review sometime because I, I did love it. Uh, as far as what kind of content they're planning, no details have yet to be released. However, this isn't the first collaboration that has taken place. Let It Die has seen content released from other franchises such as World of Tanks, and Gravity Rush. The moment they bring in Travis Touchdown from No More Heroes, I'm immediately back in. So what kind of... I don't know, I'm not familiar with the game itself, so what kind of game, what are we doing here? Like, what is this a... Uh, and Let It Die? Yeah, yeah, Let It Die. Uh, you... It's just like it's, a... It's a bizarre game, and, and the way I kind of... From what I remember, because again, I played it for a while, but I didn't play it very intense... It's kind of like, yeah, I'm there. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. You are a character. You're kind of dropped in this... Uh, I'm 
trying to think. Like what style I, is it? An action game? Is it a fighting game? Is kind of an action picture? hack and slasher. Hack and slasher. And you're you're kind of going through this area, and when you defeat an enemy, they can drop weapons, and then you'll use those weapons, and you use that to, to hack and slash the next guy, and some are good, some are bad, and then it's like you're trying to climb a tower. Gotcha. Almost the way it kind of seems. Running Man style in almost a sense. You know? And... You collect this gear, you can build it up to kind of help, you know, make you uh, stronger or more defensible, and it's just been so long since I remember playing it, and then a lot of this gear can, uh, like your weapon, for example, you collect all these weapons, but if one is broken, it's broken, so you're done with it. Gotcha. So, it's just... Constantly collecting stuff to try and make it through. Yeah. Even your armor. Keep enough way. gear to go to survive. Yeah. Okay. And it's like an online... I don't want to say... Well, I guess it technically is like an online only. Because it was free. Mm-hmm. So you could download it, start playing it, do whatever. But I'm sure there are paywall stuff that can earn you other things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just the way it kind of came off. And even some of the controls, I think, were a little bit of a turnoff. So why I couldn't get into it because you, you get like three or four levels in and it was just come close to dying. I was like, man, I got to go back to the beginning and start this over because I don't know. It was just the progressive progression curve was a little steep at times. Yeah. So, and maybe if I, if I had a little bit more focus and intent to play, maybe I could get into it more, but it just, it was, it was a little hard for me to, to get into. And it was disappointing because Again, I like a lot of his work, but that one was just not doing it for me. Not everybody's up for grinding these days, like mm-hmm. in the old days of games where you grind away at levels and, you know, to build up. So mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it. Or maybe it's just, you know, finding that unique thing that you're looking for to keep going up the path. So, But, I mean, in all fairness, I guess I've got a lot of movies and stuff like that, like movie directors and writers that or even stars that I love some of their movies, but not all. So I guess he's bound to, to have a miss somewhere for me. Everybody has a miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Tom Hanks has the burbs. So, I mean. That is true. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah. I'm just I'm just messing with you. <laughs> all right. Him. If you're going to give him a taint, give him uh, Bosom Buddies. That was TV, but okay. I mean. Okay, Bachelor Party. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. All right, uh, the next things I have are just little tidbits I wanted to touch on. Uh, first is uh, Detroit Become Human now has an official release date, May 25th, 2018. Kind of want to play that. Do you, do you, have what you is heard? Detroit Become Human? Uh, have you heard of, uh, are you familiar with, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the damn names of the game. Uh, Heavy Rain and... I've heard of Heavy Rain, yeah. What's the I've other one? seen that played. I was wanted to play Heavy Rain, never got to. Beyond Two Souls? Uh, yes, Beyond Two Souls. Okay, this is from the same guy, same company, David okay. Cage and Quantic Dream. It's another game in those veins, except this one is uh, takes place in the future. And I think you're playing more than... I'm going to assume you're playing more than one because I've seen uh, multiple characters. But you're kind of playing androids in this new future. And I think the story is trying to really expand on the morals of who we are. Like, uh, because they, they put you into these situations. Like, one of the more controversial things that have already popped up before the game even has come out is they showed this situation where there's a nanny uh, taking care of 
uh, a girl, a little girl, and apparently her father is a drunk and an abusive. Now, again, you're you're an android, you know this, and and you're taking control of her, and apparently the father takes the girl off to her bedroom, and you hear an argument. So you're left with this conundrum: Do you intervene? Do you do anything? Do you not? And they don't. It's not just simple as A and B. It's four different choices of nuance to really make you think: What should I do? You know, do I go in and, and be aggressive and violent? Do I try to calm him down? What do I do? So I like that they're taking this approach where, because I think we, I was talking to, to somebody about that the other day. Nuance is great when it comes to choices because not everything is black and white. You know, you're going to have that moment where you're like, I don't really know, you know. And if you're just left with A and B, you kind of feel like you're compromising something, you know. But if you have a little bit more nuance in your choices, you can be like, well, that kind of feels like me more than that does. And I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like what he's doing here. The last little tidbit I have is that a YouTuber called uh, Family Jewels. He's actually the uh, our, our theme song that we have okay. beginning and end. He's the one who performs our intro and outro music. Uh, he posted a video on his channel where he and 70 other performers paid tribute to the music legacy of Super Mario Brothers. From Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Odyssey, it's about a 20-minute masterpiece intercut with performances and game footage, and I highly recommend checking that out. I'm going to post a link in our, our notes to check out his channel. It's uh, If you like a little metal with your music, uh, with your game music, he does a phenomenal job, and it's not just, you know, hardcore Mario, bro. It's just fascinating to see... People take this music that we all grew up with and, and probably all love and just put a, a spin on it that's just unique and still catchy. So I'll have to show that to you later because it's they don't ever I don't feel like they ever take away what made that music great. You know, like if it uh, had kind of a, a, a I'm trying to think of a good way to... Like, Super Mario Sunshine kind of had that Hawaiian... So they, they bring in the instruments to replicate that, the flutes to replicate that. If there were, you know, choral uh, chorus in the background, they'd bring in the vocals for that. So just just this tribute, the way it was, it's just... I don't know, it's phenomenal. All right, uh, I'm going to move on to our weird news. Did you know that Sonic the Hedgehog wasn't going to be a hedgehog? I did hear that. What did I hear he was going to be? I have heard this. It wasn't a hedgehog. Uh, I want to say it was some other rodent type, like a ground, not a groundhog, but a, mm-hmm. uh, I forget. I think it was like a groundhog or a um, wolverine or something like that. Some other like, well, wolverine's not a rodent, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, you're close. I mean, there were... Uh designs that showed him as a rabbit which would have actually made more sense if you think about it for the speed for the speed aspect of it but did you know that the actual original design was that of a human boy the original design i mean the the, the the current design would not have been that just no we're talking about before the the idea of a hedgehog even came into play he was a human boy sonic boy spun up in a ball and Collected a bunch of gold rings, huh? Well, I think it was just the fact of, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have this kid who can run really fast, and then maybe all these other elements came into play. But when they were when the original concept came up, 
the guy just thought of a little boy running fast. Sonic Boy. Well, I mean, that would have been a completely different game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I never would have guessed that, that Sonic would have started out as a boy. No. I mean, he was voiced by Urkel. He was. So, Jaleel White, <laughs> I mean, he could, I mean, that would have been an interesting game, too. It's too bad he's not our cousin, you know? <laughs> we should invite him on the show. That's right. And we can talk about it. He'd probably be like, mm, no. Uh, he's a busy man. He is. But I must say, Sonic Boy has a ring to it. Oh, my Lord. Uh, <laughs> it certainly does. It has quite the ring to it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I got nothing. I was going to try to make a Sonic okay. pun, but I've got nothing. Uh, I'm, I can't. I I'm heads or tails of it. I can't make it. Uh, hey-o. Good job. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Ta-da. At right. the last minute. Well, that was all the weird news I have. I'm going to move on to our release dates of this next week. Uh, do recall that all release dates are subject to change. And if I miss something on this list, I can't help it. I'm I'm trying to get all the information I can as best I can. I, I look everywhere. Uh, but this seems to be a slow week this week. Uh, March 6th, we have the release of Final Fantasy 15 for the PC. Scribblenaut Showdown for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And TT Isle of Man... Ride on the Edge. That's a mouthful of a title. Uh, for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And we also have the PS Plus March 2018 free games. Uh, for PS4, we have Bloodborne and Ratchet and & Clank, which is a pretty pretty awesome uh, lineup there. I never played Ratchet & Clank. I didn't um, either, and I kind of feel like this will be that moment where I actually might. And I actually bought Bloodborne when it came out. And... I did not make it very far, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 15 minutes into the game, and it is so mind-crushingly challenging that it just mm-hmm. I, I got dis- discouraged. I think I should try to re-download would, it and try it again. I would recommend trying it again. Uh, I did the same thing. I got to a point where I was trying to figure out how to play it because it was so different and so challenging, and I did. I put it down. I was like, I can't do this because every time I get so far, I die or something kills me, and i got to start all over again, and I just got so mad. But I did go back recently, and I did actually get through it. It just... Ugh, I've got to be patient. You can't power through it like no. you can most other games. You have to take your time. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, Cuphead, I never got to play that, but I heard it was very challenging. You have to be patient with that game. It, it's... Um, I never beat it, but I did get, I think, to the third area. And it's the only reason I would say I haven't beat it, and it did frustrate the hell out of me, <laughs> is because I have it on PC and I don't play PC very often. You know, I'm, yeah. I just, the, the ease of the console is just like, well, it's there. Yeah. And, you know, this, I mean, it could be easy, but eh, there's, a, there's a lot of things. So, I don't know. I, I bet I could get through it if I would just take the time, but it's just... Eh, True. I'm not there yet. Uh, for PS3, we have The Legend of K. Don't know what that is. And uh, Mighty Number no. 9. Heard that sucked. And then for the Vita, we have Claire Extended Cut, which I I feel like I've heard good things about this game, but I don't know. What is it? Claire. The name of the game sounds familiar, yeah. but I don't remember... I don't know what I've heard. I just I know I've heard of it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if things I've heard have been good or bad. So I'm gonna assume maybe they've been good. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and also for Vita, bombing busters. Don't know what that is. 
And uh, while we're also on the subject, Sony actually announced uh, last week that uh, on March 8th of next year, PS3 and PS Vita titles will no longer be offered in this program, so they can focus instead on beefing up their PS4 lineup since they've noticed a drop and decline in PS3 users and Vita users. Which makes sense. It's getting about time for the PS3 to kind of phase out and... Yes. They've already had rumors of the PS5 mm-hmm. being spoken of, so it's it makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm not disappointed. I haven't had a PS3 in some time now and never had the PS3. Um I went from PS1 to PS2, then I went to Xbox 360, and then I didn't have a console there for a little while, and then I got the uh PS4. Mm-hmm. So my roommate at the time when I was living uh, in Cookville had a PS3, so I'd play his occasionally, but I didn't really own one. Yeah. So. Fair enough. All right. We are going to move into our last segment, the retro review. And I, I've got a, I got a gem for you. Oh, you do, do you? Oh, yeah. Let me get my water before I, I get into this. I'm kind of concerned about what you would have chosen for a retro review. Is this going to be Adventure Island, or is it going to be uh, something like that, Bubble Bobble? I don't oh know. Oh my God, how did you do that? Because I know how you think. <laughs> I've known you your entire life. I know how this works. He just ruined it, kids. <laughs> Ruining right. his fun for the past 37 years. 38? Well, yeah, but Come for the on. first year, you just kind of were there. I mean, you didn't do a whole lot. Well, yeah, I was there. <laughs> you know... People, we could talk about this time he tried to flush me down a toilet. You know, this I've is not this story for a podcast. <laughs> one time, one time I do these things, and I've never been able to live it down. I've I've just heard the story. I don't even remember it. That's so a good reason that's a that. that's a story for another day. Let's let's talk about our retro review. Let's let's look back on a time when we were kids, and we had numerous games to play together. We would play so many games together. Uh, some we actually had to take turns because it was either a one-player game or a two-player alternating, like Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. I was always Luigi, obviously, because, you know, baby brother's got to be baby brother. It's fine. I didn't have a problem with that. Now, every now and again, we would get our hands on a game that we could play simultaneously. Those were the ones I loved the most and probably to this day still do. I would prefer the teamwork and the gameplay over competition. Thinking over numerous games... In our past, that fit this bill, a few came to mind, but once this one popped up, uh huh, popped up, I, I get it was it. a given. It was a given. <laughs> You're so happy right now. I am. Bobble Bobble was first released in arcades in 1986 before being ported onto home computers and consoles. The game I will be referring to the most is the one on the NES because that's the one we played and it was loads of fun. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with this game, you play as two dragons named Bub and Bob. You were always Bub, who was the green one, and yeah. I was Bob, who the was blue, blue. one. Uh, they aren't actually dragons, uh, but they were transformed into dragons by Baron von Blubba. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, apparently it's in the story somewhere. Probably in the, the, the manual. Uh, manual that we probably <laughs> didn't read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baron Von Blubba actually kidnapped your girlfriends who are, let's see, what are their names? Lulu and Lolo. No, that's wrong game. Uh, Betty and Patty. Yeah. That's, that's who they were. 
Now to save them, you must traverse the hundred levels of the Cave of Monsters using your bubble powers. That's right. Bubble the power. power of bubbles. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that make three-year-olds excited. Mm-hmm. That's what you had to do to uh, escape this. That's right. And it's, it's if you're unfamiliar with uh, the way all this is, again, if you don't know what it is, the way I kind of describe it will make you think it's kind of a t- typical action platformer, but it's it's really not. I mean, they, they kind of set you into a basic set level, and then you use your bubble powers to trap whatever monsters they have. You, you touch them... After they're captured, that's right, right? Like you pop them in, you pop you them put in a bubble, and then you jump at them, and it would kill them or knock uh-huh. them out or whatever it needs to be. And then sometimes that would lead to the enemies turning into items for extra points. That usually happened. It wasn't all the time, but it was like a I'd rare say about occasion. Twenty twenty five percent chance, yeah. maybe twenty. Uh, it's an action puzzle game, is how I would yeah. describe it. Very good. Uh, now, once you beat all the enemies, you will be transported via bubble to the next level. However. If an enemy escaped your bubble, or is the only only enemy left standing, it will become enraged and it turned orange. They were they were angry orange. Orange. Because I saw something that said pink, and I was like, no, it was orange. Kind of a no, it was it it was kind of a bright like a light orange. So depending on I guess your CRT TV that you were using, (laughs) it might have looked pink. Sure. the, the character will turn orange, or the enemy will turn orange, begin moving faster, make it harder to catch. Yep. And if you take too long, a super enemy, if you will, will appear to uh, try to take you out. So it makes you work to get the the, or the uh, level done, because it will chase you again and again until you either finish it or you're dead. Yes. Loads of fun there. Now, this may seem simple, and I would argue that uh, this game actually had some puzzle elements, like you said. Uh, very cleverly mixed into the level designs. Now, some levels would challenge your approach to the enemies, with others making you figure out how to reach them in the first place. And you know where I'm going with this. One level in particular gave us so much trouble every time we reached it. And it was level 57. Mm -hmm. To give you some context on how frustrating it was, the level was essentially a pit with four enemies, I think they called them invaders, at the top, moving from side to side. And they were, would you call them lasers? Because Some they, sort of projectile, but like lasers. Yeah. It was kind of like lasers. Because they glowed, but they also made kind of like a, a bladed sing. sing. They, they probably were um, swords being shot at us. I don't know. I know. It was All some, I knew, it was a pain. Yeah, it was, it was death. Now, there was only one safe spot in this area, and it was like right in the middle. Now, we, we struggled with this level so much, and... What I actually find funny about it now is I go into YouTube <laughs> because we didn't have YouTube back when we were kids. I go into YouTube and I watch this chump get through this level in like 30 seconds doing the one thing that I'm like, why didn't we ever think about this? Maybe we did. And I, I just, I don't know why we never got through this level, why it was always such a pain. We got through, when we finally got through it, we were so excited. It took us forever to do it. I remember yeah. we finally did. But how did. Now, was it just the center that was safe, or wasn't wasn't the the far edges? Weren't well, they see, safe now too? we we kind of thought that too because there were it was almost like a random. Oh, their their pattern would change. Yeah, because That's sometimes right. you could get you could get up there and never get hit, but then other times it would hit you every single time, and we're just like going how how. <laughs> oh, it was very amazing. <clears throat> but what this guy did, and I mean, there's a little bit of strategy involved. Obviously, he moved to one side. 
and just shot bubbles to the middle. But you have to watch where they're going, so you just make sure that you're moving out of the way of what the projectiles are coming to, but you're making this massive pile of bubbles in the middle until you can jump up the, the pile just enough to get right in between those notches and then shoot more bubbles, which will push you up into the, the top area. So it was a... It was like, that that makes sense. A lot well, of sense. I mean, I'm, what were we, like, 8 and 10 when this is happening? Uh, well, 6 and... Eight. Six and eight, six and, and nine. nine. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I mean, we we finally did it. We were the happiest people in the world, and I'm we sure were. our my mama was like, "Just, just what? Why yeah. are you so excited about this?" Look, we did it, mama. You have no idea how long it was. No one shared in the victory except us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were happy. Very. Now, one of the uh, outside of these basic elements of the video game, uh, it had a few other video game trucks tropes of the golden age uh, you could collect numerous food items and gems for points there were other items you could nab as well that would grant you special special uh, words are hard man special oh, powers special 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 powers uh there were, weren't there sneakers that would give you a speed boost the speed boost yeah for okay. the little red tennis shoes and then you had electric bubbles and yeah the lightning bolt uh there were was there fire like there there were fireballs. Okay. Yep. Uh, then there was an invincible. Was there invincibility? I, I think like there was. Something. We rarely got it. It was very rare yeah. to get. But I think there was like a temporary, like a ten-second invincibility. Because it was like. Yeah. Yeah. It speeded up the music. I mean, you would think those shoes would have done that, but no, I didn't. You could also grab letters, which would spell extend to earn extra lives. And I also feel like there was a parasol. That it would skip levels? Yes. Yeah. And we desperately wanted that oh, parasol yeah. to skip 57. Every time. That I think 57. we actually, after we beat that level once, we actually did get a parasol and skipped us to 58. Mm-hmm. We were so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we don't I have just, to worry about it anymore. Oh, yeah, we were so happy, as happy about that as actually beating the level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, numerous items you could get uh, uh, on the way. I, I really try to think of any others, but I, I can't. Nothing else kind of comes to mind. Just some of the more basic items. Uh, once you actually progress to level 100, you get to the game's only boss fight, where you must use lightning bubbles to take down Super Drunk, who's actually an enlarged version of one of the other enemies in the game. Uh, this will, if you complete this, you save the day. And uh, upon looking back on this, and I kind of vaguely remember this, but do you recall this game have multiple endings? Because I, I... I don't. Not off the top of my I head. I didn't, I didn't. It was like... I just kind of remember the us with the, the girls, and then like it was just like a happy ending kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's what I remember. Now, I didn't know there were multiple endings to this. Well, what I found out is... Uh, and this is this is the part of it that I was like vaguely familiar. If you beat the game alone, it would give you a bad ending. It was just you, and then the girls disappear, and then that's it. So it'll tell you to come back and bring a friend. But we were always playing together, so that was never a, an option. <laughs> so, two players, you get the happy end. Not happy ending. Happy end. Where the brothers return to their human form and they're reunited with their girlfriends. Yet, another ending can be seen if you can de- defeat the game a second time with two players in super mode, which is essentially a harder, faster version of the game. 
And I don't recall ever tackling that. I think ever. we were just so satisfied to beat it the first time around, we were kind of like, yep, that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, if you manage to succeed, you will learn that the character Super Drunk is, in fact, your mama and your papa, who are apparently forced to fight you under the control of, one would assume, Baron Von Blubba. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> this is a lot of speculation. Because none of this is really explained. It was just like you see two people and it says mama on one shirt and papa on the other. And you're like, cool. Well, you know, the limitations of the NES. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this game received a ton of ports, which I did not realize. But it has been ported to everything. From the Commodore 64 to mobile phones. So, it's been around. And it had a few sequels. I don't think we ever played any of the sequels. There was actually... I remember hearing about the second one, but mm-hmm. I don't think we played it. Well, what I did find, and I don't I don't know if there's any kind of relation to them, or I remember one that was supposed to be Bubble Bobble 2, but they called it Rainbow Islands. But I don't think we ever played that one. I remember seeing it, but I never played it. And I don't remember why. Maybe it came out as we moved on to the Super Nintendo. Uh, probably. Probably. Something like that. It, yeah. Um, but then I also remember that there was an actual Bubble Bobble 2, not Rainbow Island. Yeah. But I, I, again, never played it, so I don't know. But uh, if you've never seen this game, if it doesn't sound familiar to you, I'd almost guarantee you know these characters or you've seen them because they've been in other... Uh, games. There's a, another game called Puzzle Bobble, or I think it's better known over here as Bust a Move. It's a puzzle game where you, I think it's kind of the match for kind of puzzle game. I've played it before. I don't remember too much about it. It's a very common type match for game. Yeah. Uh, but you'll see the two little dragons with little anime faces and whatnot. And I think they've even shown up in mangas and stuff like that. So they've been around. If, if you see them, you'll know them. They're a little green and blue dragon. And they're, they're being drawn a lot cuter today than they were back then. You can see them, people have them emblazoned on things at Comic-Cons and yeah. things oh, yeah. of that nature. So, so I, there's no doubt you've, you've seen these two, Bub and Bob, or what did, they, what did they say? There was a, I was watching the ending of the game on YouTube, and you know how sometimes they'll misspell stuff, mm-hmm. and it's always fun? I think it was... Bobble and Babble. I don't know. It wasn't Bub and Bob. It was like Bub and Bab or something like that. I don't know. It was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Anyway. Um, all of your bases belong to us. That kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's actually been some time since I actually remember playing this. I don't remember the last time I've ever played this game. But uh, anyway, the playing with these uh, this game... I think we would have as much fun playing it today as we did back then. Uh, I feel like this game is a classic in, in every sense of the word. It's solid gameplay. Catchy tune, you've probably been hearing this entire time. It's just been cycling over and over and over. Because there was it's now an earworm. Not, yeah, uh, there's not very much music in this game outside of this one little tune. It's, it's the only song in it, really. Mm-hmm. I think maybe there's an opening thing but yeah there is that like but beyond that it's it's this song yeah i can hear it now Mm -hmm. over and over Mm -hmm. just when you say the the word bubble bobble it plays in my head that's the only tune if you have a chance to play this game grab a friend enjoy your time together maybe you'll have some great memories to look back on because i sure do
it was fun. I mean, challenging, frustrating. You know, you wanted to pitch the controller at the TV, kind mm-hmm. of frustrating. But it was still fun, and you know, it was something that we could do together. Mm-hmm. Because you know, a lot of times when you're playing games, you know, there there weren't a lot of two player options sometimes to play no. together jointly at the same time. So you would be impatient. Hurry up, finish your level. Mm-hmm. I want to play. But this was one of those opportunities that gave us to actually play together and to work together. So we had to get along and make it work, right. or we weren't going to get very far. And even, like you say, with that level 57 where we were continuously just butting heads and just not making it work, we kept at it, and we kept at it, and we finally beat it. So mm. it was just, you know, you remember those things, they stick with you. Oh, yeah. Like we was talking about Bloodborne earlier. I mean, you just, it's going to be one of those things you just plug away at it, you keep on, and the, the reward is just the satisfaction of doing it because it took so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a toss-up between this and I think River City Ransom was one of the other ones. That was another co-op we played a lot yeah. together, too. So, But no, this one, uh, I don't know, it just seemed right. So that's why I went this one. Well, I like it. All right, well, that's our show. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for being here every week. If you've reached this point, you are incredibly awesome and the reason we do this. If you're feeling generous, you can chuck in a buck uh, over at patreon.com slash pencilandpaperproductions. And you can also leave us feedback anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, a big shout out to our patrons who make this show and others we do possible. Thank you again for listening. I have been Stephen White. Mikey, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I've, I've had fun. So uh, I hope your listeners enjoyed it as well. But it was fun. Definitely come back again sometime. But anyway, people, join us again next time, you super mega crash siblings. But until then, game on! This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.